The Jazz beat the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight in Minneapolis, 127-116. Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Sharp stats of the game brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. And this is quite the box score for the Utah Jazz, Tim. They shoot 55.6% from the field, 47 of 83. They were 15, or excuse me, 16 of 35 from three-point. They had six players in double figures, led by Donovan Mitchell, who was terrific. Uh, 30 points on 13 of 20 shooting. And this might be the most impressive stat for Donovan tonight, Tim. Six assists for Donovan as uh, ball movement might be a theme of the postgame. The ball just moves so much better. It did. Uh, Donovan, too, when, when he's when he's totally right, you know, and Locke said it the other night, I mean, he kind of got a little uh, shot heavy uh, in that game against Oklahoma City. And I want to make sure that everybody understands when we talk about that, it's not – you know, it is. I do believe what David said. It's his way of trying to figure out how to fix this. So, you know, there's not any. You know, I feel like these guys, the, the chemistry is okay. And um, but Donovan shot 20 times, made 13 of them. I mean, you you can live with that percentage all year long. And and I love the six assists because he can create an advantage. He's the one guy on the team even without a ball screen per se that he can get in there and create an advantage and get the kind of the blender going so a uh, great night all the way around for Donovan I think I would give my game ball tonight to Rudy though um, just facing Towns and kind of what he did in terms of neutralize in that matchup and then he's just a monster on the glass 20 and 16 with two block shots seven offensive boards you look at Carl uh, Anthony Towns tonight, 21 points, but 6 of 15 shooting, 2 of 9 from 3, 11 rebounds. Uh, did not register a block shot. He also had five turnovers. I mean, Rudy dominated that matchup tonight. And it's so hard to, you know, kind of put a premium on the f- – it's hard for a big guy to move that far away from the basket, have kind of pick-and-roll responsibility. But at the end of the day, knowing you've got to get back to Towns – and he's going to shot fake you and try to get you off your feet. He's going to try to drive you. He's probably a little bit more skilled in terms of driving it. But the way he neutralized him and made him kind of a, I don't want to say a non-factor, but just he wasn't what, you know, he didn't give you the game that he can give you every night. Let's throw things back to Minnesota where Coach Quinn Snyder is at the podium. You know, we talked a lot about moving the ball. and it's something that, you know, we've done. And, guys spacing so that we can move it um, and then you know for the most part early on I thought we did a good job defensively we had some breakdowns and uh, gave a few things up but Rudy really protecting the rim was something else particularly at the beginning of the second half so it's a good good win what can be said about the guard play tonight Joe Ingles right out of the gates as well just with a huge attack mode well they were they were fine in pick and roll but it wasn't you know very immediate action and possession so that usually when we move the defense a little bit it gives those guys a chance to um, to attack in a, in a better spot and um, it was good to see Donovan cutting back and Joe as well and being able to find people on the perimeter I think we had more catch and shoot threes tonight than we did in a while and that's a, a function of guys having their eyes out and, and playing together. Your bench had a really good performance tonight. What did you think was the difference this game to you know maybe last? Um, well, it, it, you know, every game's a couple games, a few games ago, our bench has played well and um, played well tonight, and we just got to find consistency. But I thought they competed as much as anything. There was a lot of emotion, and um, you know, George knocked some shots down. I thought Ed was good defensively. You know, Jeff took a matchup. And Emmanuel really, I, I think, if anything, he set the tone. 
um, the way that he's getting in the lane, but, but also making plays for other people. You said before the game that maybe focus was missing last no, game. No, I didn't say that. I said we weren't very good, right? <laughs> maybe because of focus. Okay. I don't remember what I said. Okay. Um, I'm but trying to feel today, good about did you that. Feel like that sustained um, yeah, I, I thought at the end of the second quarter, um, and really at the end of the game as well, we can do a better job, um, you know, thinking. You know, we put ourselves in a position, when, you know, particularly at the end of the second quarter, where they, you know, hit three threes, and you know, and, you know, and what they scored us eleven straight buckets, or eleven straight points, I should say. And I thought the end of the game as well, we just have to maintain our focus during those times, even when we, you know, get a little cushion. Did you like the ball movement? I always like the ball movement. Yep, no question. <laughs> ball movement started off the interview talking about it, finished up the interview talking about it, Tim. Yeah, and it is because you understand that that's what I mean. That's basketball to, to Coach Snyder. That's um, you know spacing and read and react is is a huge part of of what they're trying to do. That in a nutshell, you are you know it's a numbers game to be able to get two on the ball and quickly move it and move it again so that you're playing on total advantage. I mean, that's in a nutshell, that's what the Jazz, that's what their offense is all set to do. They've got all sorts of different sets to do that, and they've got multiple guys that can handle the ball, but that's the objective, is to try to get teams, get two on the ball, you know, try to help, get an advantage, move it, and get shots. And, and the Jazz did a great job of that tonight. There were a lot of really great examples of it, I think, but you brought up one earlier in the show. That might be the best in in my mind. The the Ingles Rudy pick and roll. Joe honestly, he could have had a layup. He certainly could have had a floater, but instead he waited kind of that extra in, uh, second and unselfish lob to Rudy, which was automatic. I mean, there was I was going down for sure. I mean, just an extra pass led to an automatic shot instead of well, maybe you know maybe a contested layup. Well, too, Jake, think about the the number of floaters. I mean, that's kind of been a shot that's kind of been a tough thing for the jazz because everybody can get in the lane and create that floater. I mean, it's just not a great high percentage shot most of the time um, unless you're just right at the rim. But for Joe to understand it, and he's so patient on pick and roll. I think Donovan said it the other day that it's almost because he's slow. Yeah. he made the joke. he did. but we always talk to our guys about playing off a ball screen with great pace. And that doesn't mean fly off it, but read what's happening. You know, how's your defender guarding you? Um, are there two on the ball? Where does the, where can the ball go? So many times guys come off and they predetermine, oh, I'm going to throw the lob here, or I'm going to do that. Let the defense decide that. And, then, and Joe, on that particular play, did a great job of that. All right, let's t- uh, take a look at your points in the paint, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Uh, tonight, uh, tied in the, uh, in the paint tonight, 48 points a piece, and uh, I I think that uh, I think the Jazz were good in the paint tonight. Rudy certainly was good. They got shots at the rim, limited the floaters like we talked about, and created high percentage threes, which is the whole almost you know concept of what Quinn Snyder wants to do offensively. I loved you know it points in the paint. You think about Rudy's putbacks, and for him to have seven offensive rebounds, I just feel like there's a better effort um, to do those types of things, run the floor rebound the basketball, you know, be a presence. And if every guy will understand, hey, this is what I can do for this team um, and this is going to help us win games and just focus on doing it, you know, this thing can click pretty quickly. Uh, tonight, <coughs> excuse me, the Jazz had 
15 turnovers. Six came from Boyan Bogdanovich. You take that number away, and the Jazz had a pretty good night on the turnover front. I was looking at the fast break points. Jazz did not have a fast break point, but Minnesota only had seven which, considering how transition defense has gone for the Jazz lately, I think is a pretty good number. And so many of those were early. You know, Teague kind of got off early, you know, in transition. But that was what, uh, you know, when David and Quinn talked before the game, that was the first thing he talked about in this particular game was defensive transition, how important it was to get the ball stopped, kind of the head of the snake, get him neutralized, then mark shooters, protect the rim. Um but they, they did a great job, and they didn't turn it over a ton. Um, the turnovers that they had were, were better turnovers, so it didn't allow uh, the Wolves to just get out and run. All right, today after every Jazz win, Homer away, you win. Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free, large, extra-most bestest pepperoni pizza using promo code UTAHJAZZ. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. The Jazz come away with win in Minneapolis tonight over the T-Wolves, 127-116. Want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru. The official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead on your Jazz Game Night post game uh, show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Uh, it's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz victorious over the T-Wolves in Minnesota, 127 to 116. Uh, let's take a look at your assist feature. This is going to be a big deal tonight. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you tonight, Tim. Jazz had 23 assists on 47 made baskets. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had six. Uh, Joe Ingles had five assists. A couple of guys with uh, three. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich had three assists. Rudy Gobert dished out three assists. Emmanuel Moutier had two assists coming in off the bench. I, I love looking down that column and seeing every guy with multiple assists. You know, to have the way they, the Jazz run offense and the way everybody handles it. Um, they they all have the opportunity to make a play for somebody else. And tonight, you know, down, look down the list, three, two, five, three, six. Um, you know, all those guys were out there playing. They're playing on attack, uh, making the best of their situation. But I really do believe at the end of the day that this is a, an issue that is um, can be simply fixed by guys just understanding what they do well, creating an advantage and kicking it. It seemed like, it, and as much as Quinn Snyder focused on it, it just seemed like it was so deliberate tonight. You know, they, they made it a point like, guys, we're going to get out there and do this. And it, it made a difference. Now they have to continue it. You know, they, they did kind of that ball movement style against Memphis, and then it totally disappeared against Oklahoma City. you got to keep it up against Golden State on Friday night. Yeah, it's, it's a focus thing, and it's a, I know it's a pillar of the way that, that Quinn wants to play. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you guys you and Gordon on the way up today, and, and you guys were talking about, is it a thing where, you know, the the guys aren't just, are they just not doing it? But the bottom line is this is the expectation, and it's like one of those things, you do something well, you see rewards, you see success, you know, it, it makes you do it more, um, you know, and it's it's somewhat Pavlovian, but 
when the bell rings, your mouth waters and, you know, there's a treat. So uh, I went science on you right uh, there. A little Pavlovian like reference. I did like it. A little sophistication to the postgame. Thank yeah. you. I'm very well versed. Yeah, indeed. Um, I've always been well-rounded. But that's, it's just so much more fun to watch. You know, it's, it's just a, a way better brand of ball, um, way less isolation. Uh, and, and just a ton of trust. I think that's the key word is trust. Yep. All right, let's uh, throw things back to Minneapolis where Donovan Mitchell is uh, speaking with the media. Um, we played a full game, uh, I think, you know, from, from top to bottom. We obviously had some mistakes with, with Teague and whatnot, but we're still building, still learning. But, you know, we played together, moved the ball, shared the ball, shared everything on both ends. And I think uh, also makes a great team. You guys had more catch and shoot threes tonight. What did What was the difference there was key to that? Just being unselfish, having, you know, when you get into the paint, having, you know, vision and being able to be aware of what's, what your surroundings are and, you know, trusting one another. That was our biggest thing, and we said, and we did it. But um, it's one game, you know, so we got to be able to do it on a consistent, pace, consistent basis, but, you know, it's a good start. Yeah, one game, but we saw the blender. How good was it to see the blender? Yeah, uh, it was really good to see it. You saw the guys in the bench screaming, yelling. We're yelling during the game. You know, it's just a lot of fun when we play that way. And as long as we continue to get back to it, you know, I think we'll be in good shape. But, um, you know, we just, like I said, it's, it's one game. You know, we played very well, but it was one game we got to be able to do on a more consistent basis. Joe got a lot of the ball early and then mm-hmm. seemed to open maybe things up for you late. Did yep. you see that? And was that yeah. kind of game? Yeah, I think just being able to not be so, not have the ball as much hey, as we to kind of get off. <laughs> um, to get off the ball, I think, is um, one of the things that helped me. It opens a lot more for me, too. allows me to kind of create off of the ball, you know, and not have to work so hard to kind of do so much on the ball. And I think that was one of the things Joe and I really talked about, just being able to share that. And then when Mike is back, I can do the same thing. But, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just being able to make it easier on ourselves for sure. Is that ball movement basically the key? To yeah, for sure. Ball movement, talking on defense, being able to to get out in transition, and Big Boy did his thing with locking down Carl. When you do that, you know, it makes our lives a lot easier. You got really excited for Rudy's dunk there in the yeah. third, where he kind of dunked over him. Why was that dunk? Just because it's a, it's in a, it's a. I won't say intimidation factor, but it's like it just shows like I'm here, you know, and he has been doing that all game on the defensive end, so for him to get one on the offensive end I think was huge, not only for him, but for us to kind of just show like he had making presence felt, and I think he had 20 16 and 9, he played very well, did his job on the defensive end, but um, for us to, to give him that, like you know, for him to get it, like, you know, be able to want to, hey, bro, I'm trying to give you a compliment over here. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, for him, like like I said, for him to get those easy ones on the offensive end, like it gets him, one, it gets him going on top of that, and it just lets us know like big boy's here to play. Look at more amped up a huge block shot from Rudy Gobert or a dunk like that? It depends because there are times where he blocks it and you know become, become, become normal to some of his surreal blocks and then when he dunks on someone it's kind of like you know like, I'm more of a fan of dunking because you know but, like, so I, I, if I had to choose I would choose a dunk for sure. Thank you. All right, there you go. That was Donovan Mitchell. One thing he said right there, Tim, that I found interesting is they've got to trust each other. And he kind of put that in the context of the ball movement that, you know, if you get if you get your teammate an open shot or, or set an extra screen or those sorts of things that they're <clears throat> going to take advantage of it and do their job. I've said it for a long time, but, the, the, you know, basketball, it, it, we, we focus on the individual a ton. And, um, you know, guys get shoe contracts and – they, you know, get commercials and spots, but the, really the game itself is all about, you know, five guys being able to operate out there connected on a string kind of as one. And we saw tonight a, a 
and again, the Memphis game was another great example of when the Jazz do these types of things. And really, the, whether it be offensively or defensively, that key word of trust. Um, you know, I'm going to drive this ball. I'm going to beat my guy. I'm going to make the right play, and I know my teammates will make the right play. And that's just kind of the feeling they got to continue to roll with. And, you know, you would expect and not to, you know, the whole wait and see thing I know is getting a little bit uh, old with fans or be patient and that sort of thing. And I I get it, but it is a lot of new faces. It's 10 new players on this team that have to figure out, you know, where their roles are and what they've got to do. One thing Quinn said about the ball moving is the the spacing has to be right in order for that to happen. People need to figure out where they need to be at what particular time. And it's for lack of a better word, I guess, complex. I mean, it'd be one thing to play on the Rockets, right? Where if your name is not James Harden, you get out of the way on offense, you know? And, it, you know, Lord help you if James actually passes it to you. You better make the shot. Or you're Either that or throw it right back. Or throw it right back. Yeah, right. Uh, but that's not how the Jazz do things. They don't have a player like James Harden, and they they rely on more of a system and, and Jazz basketball of, of moving it, and that can be a little bit complex. It's just something as simple as so. One of the sets the Jazz run a lot is, you know, they'll start with kind of a pin down screen. So Rudy will go set a screen for for Bogey, and and tonight just watching the pace with which Bogey curled that thing. I mean, if you come off that thing soft and nobody has to help anybody, you're not getting to get anything out of it. But simply that that little piece right there where Bogey comes off that thing hard and curls it, which means Rudy guys Rudy's guys got to help to the curl. You throw the hand to Rudy, Rudy hands it off to Donovan, you're playing on advantage right from the start. So it's not necessarily always just the pass, but it's doing everything definitively. It's cutting, it's getting where you're supposed to get on the floor. When a guy drives baseline, he just absolutely 100% knows there's going to be a guy in the opposite corner, and he can throw that baseline pass, and the ball gets start to go in the blender. So it's it's yes, it is the extra pass, it is moving it, but it's everybody being locked in definitively to what, how that all starts. Yeah, it, it almost sounds easy, but it, it's just not. No, what's crazy though, Jake, is it is easy. Uh, the crazy thing is the bas- we the the game really gets um, messed up when everybody kind of starts trying to do it the their way. And you know, the, the thing that I will contend forever. I, I love the Jazz organization. I feel like they do everything such such the right way. You know, from the coaching to the management to everything and it's just a matter of everybody buying into it like you said there's 10 new guys guys coming from all sorts of different situations and played with different types of guys Um, but the selfless thing is really the key to the jazz being successful all right your final tonight the jazz come away with a win over the t-wolves in minneapolis 127 to 116 jake scott tim lacombe with you we'll continue to break this one down coming up on the other side want to remind you go where love takes you in a completely redesigned 2020 subaru outback available now mark miller subaru the official subaru partner of the utah jazz learn more at markmillersubaru.com more straight ahead right here on the jazz radio network Jazz Game Night Post Game Show, Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz victorious tonight over the Timberwolves in Minneapolis, 127 
to 116. All right, uh, Tim, let's take a look at tonight's Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. They're ready for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. And we talked about it, Tim. Rudy was an artist on the glass tonight. 16 total rebounds. Seven of those coming on the offensive end as the Jazz had 11 offensive rebounds tonight. But, you know, we, we've we been talking about all year long. Derek Favors was going to leave a bit of a, a hole on the rebounding front and uh, was going to put even more pressure on Rudy. And he's rebounding the heck out of the ball right now. And it was a collective effort, too. The, the, the road has been tough for the Jazz in lots of different ways. Um, you know, shooting the ball, getting uh, getting defensive stops, which ended with de- rebounds, not getting up second chances, uh, and the turnover situation. And tonight the Jazz, you know, did a great job for the most part of keeping Minnesota off the glass and not giving them second chances, uh, which is, a, you know, for them being the second, they're the second best offensive rebounding team in the league. Uh, that that was a really good feat for tonight for the Jazz. What's your take on Minnesota right now? Because they've won, they've lost, excuse me, six in a row. They actually got off to a hard, hot start. Andrew Wiggins appeared to be having kind of his best year of his career. Carl Anthony Towns is Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, you kind of wondered uh, how it was going to go for this T Wolf team, and they're in a, a bit of a tailspin. Uh, Tim and it's it's mainly I think you know from my hundred uh, hundred yard view it's they they don't play a whole lot of defense not a whole lot of effort not a whole lot of resistance defensively no that it, to me it looked like you know I haven't seen them play a ton but tonight they were very disconnected you talk about being connected defensively they're very disconnected uh, a guy gets beat and there's there's not somebody there the, the trust on that end. Um, is something that they're they're really lacking, and they've given up uh, what do we say 115 points in this five-game losing streak. Uh, gave up 127 tonight, so um, they are they're struggling. They've lost eight out of the last 11. Um, it's interesting because Coach Saunders was talking in the pregame about them ha- giving the ball more to Wiggins and letting him kind of run offense, and that that's something that they want to do. They haven't had a ton of success with in terms of wins and losses. But he likes that concept. It's just something they probably got to get used to as a team. You know, Minnesota, the, as as a franchise, after the Kevin Garnett years, it's it's been a bit of a you know a downward trend, I guess to to put it nicely. They hired uh, David Kahn, who was a member of the media, to run their franchise, and that turned into a disaster. You know, they thought they could parlay Kevin Love maybe into a fresh start, and that's been clunky so far and then when when they get Flip Saunders back and they put him in position and he, there seems to be some order and some development unfortunately he passes which was just horrible yeah. and what a what a great member of the basketball community Tom Thibodeau steps in and says okay I'll, I'll pick up the you know the ball for my guy Flip and and you know take this job and get this team where it needs to go and it just did not work out with him and now I kind of feel for for Saunders who takes over because they're just kind of a team in the middle. I don't want to say they're lost per se, but the Jimmy Butler thing didn't work out and they've never been able to kick themselves into, you know, from young team to playoff team. And I wonder if it's going to happen with this cast of characters. Yeah, it's a uh, they they do have to get better defensively. I think that's that's a huge piece of why they're not um, you know, having much success right now and that's something that 
you know, across the board in the NBA, and night in and night out, there's guys that can scorch you. And um, you have to be connected. You have to be locked in. You have to mark shooters and understand where they are. The Jazz pretty much, uh, you know, they were able to move it one step ahead, get those, them in rotation, and make shots. And so that's something that, as a franchise, they got to get a little better at, um, you know, going forward. It's just you, you see in the Western Conference – you know, you've got your your Lakers and your Clippers on the top, and your your more veteran teams. I'll throw the Jazz into that category. Certainly, the Rockets, and then you've got these young up and coming teams that are that are good, but not quite there yet. And I almost put, and this is weird because they've had the most time together, but I almost put Minnesota at the bottom of those teams. I mean, Sacramento got Marvin Bagley back tonight, and with De'Aaron Fox, uh, Buddy Heald, they've got some nice things going for them. Uh, they, I thought they had a nice close to the year last year. Dallas is obviously showing you what they can do as a, a young team on the rise. Phoenix has had some moments this year, and maybe they've finally got some pieces around Devin Booker. And he, it seems like Minnesota has been in this category for the better part of a decade now and just can't burst out of it. And I, I think it's Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have a commitment to play defense. Excellent offensive player, not a two-way player. Andrew Wiggins, volume shooter, not a two-way player. And then the pieces they've just tried to bring in and, and build around those guys uh, have not been have not been good fits. It's going to be interesting to watch, uh, you know, as the season goes on because as you look through those teams kind of jumbled toward the bottom of, of being kind of within the playoff picture, just barely out. Um, you know, you'd have to think right now that that the Trailblazers being 10 and 15 is probably one of the bigger surprises. Um, the fact that they're right now would be on the outside looking in. Uh, but you look at Portland, Minnesota, Sacramento, and Phoenix, uh, and Oklahoma City, I guess, for that matter. Uh, there, there's, uh, we've seen a lot of those teams and the talent that is uh, kind of distributed amongst those teams, and it's going to be interesting to see who kind of puts it together and is able to make a run. All right, uh, the Jazz winners tonight, 127-116 over those Minnesota Timberwolves. And maybe playing a, a team like Minnesota, whose defense is a, a tad on the lacking side, was exactly what the doctor ordered. And we'll get into Golden State a little bit later, but uh, you were talking about um, a graphic they put up on the TV tonight uh, where the Jazz in these next, what, 20 games? Next 20 games, yeah. Uh, basically have the, the easiest run of any team in the league. Yeah, they're uh, in the next 20 games, and this was just the graphic saw during the game, but uh, strength of schedule is is thirty in the next twenty games for the Jazz. Um, they play fifteen teams of of those twenty that are under five hundred, and they have zero back to backs, which you were the most excited about. I didn't understand that part. Back to backs are tough on a broadcaster, Tim. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I didn't see any lozenges over there tonight, so you must be doing well. I, I see. I get to rest my instrument. Yes, yeah, I'm doing okay. And what an instrument it is! Quite the instrument. Yes. Not, not quite to maybe Scott Gerard level, but I'm trying. Yes, I, I'm doing my best. Not all of us can have a, you know, voice like some sort of Greek god, like an angel. Yeah, I know, Scotty in the. The sultry tones, uh, but yeah, the the schedule is going to do them some favors, and the schedule owes them a little bit after that 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 five game road string. That was that road trip. That was something else, and then to come home and take on the Lakers, it's like geez. right. But to have the Lakers a couple times, the Clippers a couple times in that run, um, you know they they have played a, a tough schedule to this point, um, and they are 
have been banged up too. You take the time that Davis was out and now Conley's out. So uh, I know people hate to hear it, but it is a long season for a reason and everybody's going to jockey for a position. And we've seen it where maybe the Jazz got off to a slow start and then go on a run. Uh, This next 20 games looks to be some time, you know, maybe they can make their run right here. All right, let's check out your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Excuse me, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight from three, the Jazz were terrific. 16 of 35, 45.7%. Uh, they were led by, let's see here, George Niang, three of three from three. Emmanuel Moutier, two of three from three. Joe Ingles was three of six. Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal both were two of five. And again, uh, Bogdanovich was probably the, the one jazz player you could point to tonight and say that uh, that he struggled. He was two of eight from three, four of 14 uh, from the field for his 14 points. But the Jazz really shooting the lights out tonight. Yeah, and Bogey had six turnovers too. You know, he, he was kind of one of those that was, in my mind, it, it looked like he was the one guy that was still trying to uh, maybe force that square peg through a round hole at times. Um, had some tough turnovers late. But the one thing he has been, for the most part, through the season is consistent in terms of scoring the basketball. Uh, so him having an off night, it, he picked a good night to have an off night with all the other guys kind of stepping up. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz beat the T-Wolves 127-116. to We'll get Tim's final thoughts on this one. We'll look ahead to Friday's showdown with the Warriors as well. Stay tuned. It's all straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. My postgame show, Jazz B, Minnesota, 127 to 116. Uh, postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. Tim, this is what I like about you. You know, it's our, our final segment. You know, it's 925 in the p.m., and you've still got the energy, man. You're still rolling. You're I'm, still bringing the heat. I like I'm just it. so excited that, uh, that, that they the Jazz looked like they looked tonight, and they got a win. You know, it's my, my first time in studio with a roadie which is great. And it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a, a night. The last couple last couple games have been, you know, up and down. The Jazz have not played great, but uh, to see them put it, kind of put it all together tonight was great. I don't, you know, I don't mean to overreact hyperbole or anything, but there, there was just such a, like a hopelessness feel after the Oklahoma City game, sitting in this chair. You know, uh, Ben Anderson and I were uh, were taking folks home, and it just it was such a bad performance against an average team, and they were out of it and down twenty again, and it wasn't even close. And it it seemed like hero ball. You know, people were freaking out over over Coach Quinn Snyder, which is uh, something that doesn't happen all that often. And I think they just need everybody needed this performance tonight from the Jazz, right? Where you look at it and you say, okay, that's how it's supposed to look. I remember that's what I was expecting. And to do it on the road and on a night where you don't have Mike Conley, and to see the bench all have big nights. I mean, this is this was I I think this was the type of game that Jazz fans desperately needed and you know david when we we first kind of went with david ron and crosstalk and we were talking about the um 
you know, David asked the question, was this because the Jazz played well or Minnesota was bad? I really do believe it was it was more about how the Jazz went out and took the game in uh, the way that they played the game. So certainly Minnesota's not a great defensive team, but the Jazz had to take advantage of that, and they did it totally different than, than they've done it in nights past. It was a, an interesting way to start off crosstalk with David because the first thought that went through my mind is, does it matter? Right. <laughs> you <laughs> know, true. the way things have been going, does it matter? Absolutely right. not. You just wanted to see him get back to normal. I mean, I I don't care if this was a, a, a glorified scrimmage or whatever. Things have not been going well, and they haven't been playing well. And it seemed like, you know, people were going in different directions. Like I think I think we needed to see this tonight, regardless of who it was against. And you know what, Carl Anthony Towns is still Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, it's still a tough matchup for Rudy Gobert, and Rudy was phenomenal tonight. Yeah, beyond beyond the Bucks who have lost three and the Lakers who have lost three, and they're certainly playing the best basketball in both uh, both conferences. I mean, everybody else has kind of had some ups and some downs, and that's the nature of a season. And we don't want to hear it. Fans don't want to hear it. People want to walk into the game, pay their money, and watch a team win by 30 every night. But that's just not reality. Um, I said in the pregame, and I, I firmly believe it, there's a part of coaches, you know, Quinn Snyder included, that, yeah, you would choose every time to win every game. But the reason you do that, this is because you're a good problem solver. Um, and, and Coach Snyder shown time and time again, he and his staff do a great job of addressing and dealing with the, uh, the adversity and the issues that come with the season. And that's just the nature of a season. There's not always highs, there's not always lows, and it's how you deal with the adversity. Uh, Tim, you mentioned the Bucks. Let, we don't uh, do this all the time, but let's take a, a look around the rest of the NBA real quick because there's actually a couple of interesting things going on. You mentioned the Bucks, who have been red hot. They're 21 and three on the season. They are smoking the Pelicans, 109 to 86 right now, with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. No Giannis. So they're still creaming scary, man. New Orleans with with no Giannis. Uh, the Thunder team that we saw beat the Jazz the other night. They're playing pretty good basketball. They're still on this road trip. They're up on the Kings right now, 57-48 to 48 in the third quarter. So that is certainly a team that, that doesn't look like it's going to be a pushover. And then the Jazz opponent uh, Friday night, Tim, this may tell you everything you need to know about the Golden State Warriors. Right now with four minutes to go in the first half, they're down 53-39 to 39 to the... New York Knicks! The mighty, coachless... New York Knickerbockers. Are they playing that one in Santa Cruz? Uh, no, I was just joking. Okay. That's the uh, that's the uh, the home of the, the G, G League, League correct? Team? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It should be. It took me a minute to to catch up with that. It's a bowling alley all week, and then they converted into a, a basketball. <laughs> and maybe that's where they should have played that game. I don't know. James James Harden had fifty five points tonight. The Rockets beat the Cavs one sixteen. How many shots on for fifty five points? Here, let me look this up. Because he only <clears throat> he only had five free throws tonight, I know that, which is uh, very rare for James Harden. So here here's his line. All right, fifty five points, eight assists, three rebounds. He was twenty of thirty four from the field, ten of eighteen from three, and five of five from the line. So it took thirty four shots. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of shots. So Russell Westbrook tonight took 20. So between the two of them, they took 54 shots. Everybody else, just go over there and stand, and we'll pass it to you when we need it back. 54 shots tonight. <laughs> but that's still incredible, 50, 55 points. I mean, uh, unbelievable efficiency too, right? I mean, he made 20 of 34. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, but that's – But mean, to get 34. I don't really think I shot 34 grades 1 through 12. So <laughs> – 
<laughs> so there you go. There's a little look at a, a couple things going on around the rest of the league. We mentioned uh, how bad the Warriors are. Uh, this uh, this game Friday was initially scheduled to be a, a nationally televised game. It is not any longer, meaning the game time has been adjusted to 7 o'clock. But this certainly, Tim, is going to be uh, an opportunity for the Jazz to hone their skills again because the Warriors have, have gone from the best team in the NBA to the worst team in the NBA. And it's amazing what happens when some folks leave in free agency and the injuries. I mean, they, they, they truly are running out basically a, a G League team. And no offense to our old friend Alec Burks, but, you know, he's one of the best no, offensive players on the team right now, which is which is saying something. Exactly. And uh, I think that they're, uh, you know, the, the Jazz remember the last time they were here. Um, they made that furious run late to try to, you know, make it a game. Um, and, and it's something that, the Jazz probably the fact that they're feeling better tonight and know they're coming home to to that game. Um, you know, hopefully get some momentum going here, get guys feeling good about themselves, get the chemistry better, um, and, and just get kind of on a winning track. All right, uh, the Jazz win tonight, one twenty-seven, one sixteen over the Minnesota Timberwolves, behind thirty points from Donovan Mitchell on thirteen of twenty shooting. Rudy with twenty points and sixteen boards tonight. Joe Ingles in the starting lineup again for Mike Conley, twenty-three points and five assists. We want to th- say thanks to David and Ron doing a terrific job calling the game. Uh, we appreciate the fine work they do. Thanks to the broadcast assistants for their work on the uh, broadcast as well. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the Jazz Game Night postgame show. Go Where Love Takes You in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Avail- available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com and of course thanks to you Tim Lacombe it's always fun hanging out with you my friend always fun doing the show well thank you so much Jake and thanks for the burger tonight my my cholesterol count is certainly not appreciative but everything else about it was awesome I know it was it was I had so to good. really fight to bring the energy because it, it's almost like taking a NyQuil, those uh, oh, pastrami burgers. Yeah, man. we were looking for a place to lay down and sleep. But great for the Jazz tonight. Great for the Jazz fans. Everybody feeling a little bit better. Um, next 20 games look really bright. Let's get on a roll. 127-116 is your final. We'll talk to you on Friday night when the Jazz take on the Warriors. And you hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. 